1: Welcome to straight talk with Sandra reach a show about living your very best life. I'm really pumped up today. Uh, just back from the couple retreat, I do have to put a shout out about the courageous couples who came and joined me in Montremblant and we went in deep and we worked on relationships. And let me tell you for upcoming shows, relationships that we have the science. Now there are strategies to change your relationship. And these couples came and did the work and not everybody comes and does the work. And Always know that there are things that you can learn that can help you and change your life. And that's really what this show is all about. I also wanted to say, I wanted to thank my listeners because, you know, when you're doing a radio show, you sometimes don't really feel there are listeners. I mean, this is not a show that a lot of people call in on. And uh, we just got um, a shout out that we are the second in the health and wellness channel on Voice America So we were very pleased and we're very happy and very appreciative that you guys listen to our show on a regular basis. It means the world to me. It means the world to my guests. Uh, It's a labor of love and we are always looking for topics that will help you live your best life. The other thing I'm always looking for is to bring on someone who will help me with the topic in question and who will bring lots of brilliant information. So today's show... A topic that comes up often for people, myself included, really anyone, um, because it's a part of our lives, food. Uh, We eat food. We love food. Some people live to eat. Some people eat to live. Uh, But is food really always just about food? We get a lot of calls from people who who talk about binge eating. We get calls from people who are not eating to count the calories, uh, bulimia, anorexia, emotional eating. Are any of these issues issues in your life? Uh, If they are, you might find today's show very interesting because food is not always about food. When you hear yourself saying, like, I have no willpower, a lot of people say that to me, I have no willpower, I can't resist the sugar, it's not about sugar. We're going to cover that today. So I brought with me um, clinical counselor, Melissa Hindley, she's just unbelievable. She's just been slaying dragons, you know, she works with people and I hear about her work, I'm very, very happy she's part of my team and I hear about her work. And it's just incredible. And one of the cases that she's working on right now, uh, I assigned her recently, is a food issue. And um, I warned the person when I referred them to Melissa that Melissa is going to immediately make the connection that the food issue is not about food. And that is exactly what happened. And so um, clinical counselor, Melissa Hindley, specialist in anxiety, PTSD, food issues, emotional issues, is back in the house. Welcome back to Straight Talk, Melissa. We are so happy to have you here.
2: Thank you. It's great to be back. Thank you.
1: Can't wait to hear your wisdom on this. So when I approached you and asked you, I actually didn't even approach you. I just told you you're doing this show (laughs) because you were the right person for it. I do that sometimes. I just put you on the schedule because you've been so kind to come and offer your knowledge and you're helping so many people. How does it feel to know that so many people are responding to the show and thereby you and your personal wisdom has that feel it, it feels amazing
2: honestly it, it's this is my paycheck this is my reward is is seeing the 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 work that i do get to uh, inspire other people and and to me that that mean
1: this is why i do my job amazing so you know food when i asked you about that topic about food issues not necessarily being about food what was mm-hmm. the first thought that came in your head I'm curious
2: yeah that I that I agree and, and that's why I feel like a lot of people have difficulty because they they really truly believe it is just about the food and that they're hungry or that they're having cravings or that like you said just wanting the sugar fix but there's so much underneath that and and I'm so happy that you put me on this topic because as you know I I, I love emotions and I love talking about emotions so it really ties in and we'll get to started about what the connection
1: well, first of all, that was my next question. Is there a connection? Obviously, this is a little bit of a um, a, um, a leading question. But is mm-hmm. there a connection between food and emotions? Um, and what is that connection? Like, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so a lot of us, I mean, we do, you know, we're human, we want to avoid pain, and we go towards things that bring us pleasure. So a lot of There's a lot of different ways that people can uh, escape their pain or escape different emotions. So today we're going to focus on food because that is one of the outlets that we can use to escape our pain. So uh, anytime that we might be feeling bored or any intense emotions like anger, fear, sadness, any anxiety or shame, um, you know, these are very intense emotions that not all of us, it's, it's hard to regulate, it's hard to, to feel the emotions. And a great way, short term, of trying to avoid these emotions is by stuffing them with literally with food, right? So it's, it's really making that connection with foods. And we'll talk about more why that is that connection, but food
1: is a great way to keep distracted. Okay. So we eat food. It's part of our lives, breakfast, lunch, supper, snacks, but, um, okay. And uh, you know, we use food sometimes emotionally so and i think we have to put it out there and by the way if you want to join the conversation 18664725792 or text us at 5147964357 any questions or comments but we have to put it out there let's level the playing field is we've all used food emotionally mm-hmm. i mean you know, we see it in the movies even. You go through a breakup, you see in the movies, uh, yeah. the girl gets a tub of ice cream and yeah. she eats the ice cream, curls up into fetal position in bed. Yeah. So we use food. And by the way, sorry to get a little political, but I can't help it because it is something that I feel strongly about it, is that the food industry, by the way, capitalizes on that. They, they, you know, they've studied that sugar, salt and fat put together is an addictive compound. Mm-hmm. Most junk foods have those three things in them. and they are designed to set up to make you want to have more and more and more. So we take the ice cream or whatever. And it's, as you said, temporarily soothes us. And, um, It starts really in infancy when you think about it because babies are given sugar water at the hospital, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people object to these days and should object to that, by the way, Mm -hmm. because that, you know, that that's what trains our palate right away. You may not know this. I didn't know it trains our palate to want sugar starting from infancy because it calms down a child. But you know what? I'm going to sidebar on that. You go on an airplane and see a child screaming and the mother is handing them like a bottle of milk, which is also filled with sugar. I'm sorry. Sidebar. Mm -hmm. And you literally see the child go into a drugged state. Mm -hmm. So why is that bad because one could argue well what's wrong with that we want to calm the child down what's wrong with that starting in infancy what's the problem because i think that's an important angle here i want to get to Yeah great that you brought that up because what
2: what are you teaching about their emotions if there's ooh
1: what are you teaching
2: Yeah because if the if there if the child is upset or or if you're upset going through a breakup right just using an external thing to kind of shut down these emotions are not going to be helpful and it's, it is a just a short-term fix and they're not giving the child enough strategies to help deal with uh, tantrums deal with any emotions that come up so you're just kind of putting a
1: band-aid so it starts maybe in infancy so maybe yes. if you're that person who when you're upset just eats and doesn't feel your emotions you may have been someone who learned this, like. Like beyond your earliest memory.
2: Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, when I was talk- thinking about what to talk about on the show, um, you know, a lot of these connections even can you know, relate back to childhood. And what are the messages that I start to think about? What are the messages that my parents start to, to yeah. do around What were they? So I remember that every time my dad would pick me up, from school or if i was tired and uh it just i don't really remember what emotions i was feeling but i remember very often and maybe more often than usual he would bring me to the depanar which is the the gro- the you know the corner store, store yeah and he would buy me a any bar of chocolate that I wanted. Right. right. If you were tired. If I was tired, if I was, if I was maybe had a long day at, at, uh, at preschool, you know, like I don't, I don't really so remember what emotions, what was, but what was
1: the message you learned from that?
2: That anytime I'm feeling down, down and tired,
1: tired, that a a reward. Bar, a reward. Right. 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 But we do that. I just did that like 15 minutes ago with my own daughter. Yeah. Right. You saw me do that. Yeah. So we do that. Yeah. Um, And we live in a society that does that all the time is we reward with food, we grieve with food, Mm -hmm. we turn to food for a lot of things. And I think Mm -hmm. that I don't think that every single time like that your father did that, that he's caused damage in you. I think we have to look at the global message about food, which is that maybe um, soothing with food is the problem. Yeah. But maybe enjoying food is not.
2: No, well wow. that's 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 where we have to learn the the difference that you know it's not all the time you you're allo- it's a balance right you're allowed to enjoy the chocolate bar but it's just now I'm rec- the reason why I brought that up is cuz now I totally like in my case anytime I'm feeling upset I go to a chocolate bar and mm. it's interesting and and to make that connection about and it was actually only today I made that connection I'm like why cuz I just thought we love chocolate but you know it's it's interesting that every time either we finish um like an activity together, or or something that we'd go all the time to either get ice cream or go get a chocolate
1: bar. It is interesting, and it's uh, it it it's not a problem till it becomes a problem, right? Because yeah. a lot of people you know, whatever, they grew up with that reward concept or soothing, and it didn't become a problem in their life. But then Mm -hmm. like, like the case that I referred to recently, food becomes an issue when you're struggling, you're having a difficult relationship with food, you're gaining weight, you're not happy about it, and you find yourself eating and eating. And you think to yourself, I just don't have willpower, which I think is not true. Because I remember reading years ago that anyone who wakes up every morning has willpower, Mm -hmm. because it takes willpower to get out of bed. So we all have willpower. So if you're not, Mm -hmm. if you're in trouble letting go of the food, or the calories there's something else at play and yeah. I really want that to be out on this show. Yeah. It's not about the food. Yeah. you know sometimes it's always about the food, but yeah. this is not about the food. No. So what else is the food? What function is it serving? So we're putting on the table maybe it's serving the function to soothe you. yeah so we would need to replace that soothing. So what could you do on a day that you're feeling tired and down other than go get a chocolate bar?
2: Yeah so first I would definitely try to ask myself what am I feeling? so to, to label the emotion, because remember, we have to separate, which we will we'll talk about later, the difference between how do I know
1: that I'm really hungry, or if it's just emotionally eating. How do you know that? No, you can't tease us like that. How do you, you know that? Teaser, teaser, you want to <laughs> save it? It's up to you. Yes. Oh. Um, but,
2: uh, you know, that there's a lot of, um, you know, trying to tell the difference between the two, but um, it's important to try and self-soothe in other ways. So instead of me, my first reaction is to want to go buy a chocolate bar is anything that I can soothe myself. So whether it's taking a deep breathing, whether that's going to work out to try and uh, get, you know, get my energy out in working out, that's very helpful. But anything, it really has to be individual, anything that helps you make you feel better in the moment, um, like as a as a healthy soothing.
1: And I would okay. add in that, you know, one step that you have to put in is, is also to acknowledge what am I feeling now yeah. and what do I need? You yeah. know, the famous Sandra, yeah. what do I feel and what do I need? Yeah. Um, so if I'm feeling like down and tired, what do I need? Do I need a nap? Do I yeah. need a hug? Yeah. Is that something I could ask for? Yeah. Sometimes we don't always know what we're feeling. We yeah. just go for the food. We just go right away because yeah. it's automatic. And right. if we
2: knew, if that was done, let's say for in my exam, if that was done to me all the time I got rewarded with food, then it's normal that that's going to be my first reaction because yeah. right? it's kind of a learned behavior but yeah it's about catching it because you can't fix anything if you don't know what's going on so awareness is always the first step and absolutely and then ask yourself what do i need and sometimes you know uh, reducing stress can be a uh, can be very helpful so that you're not going towards uh food as, as well that's hope. not
1: a good point the stress response yeah. induces more eating and when we come back we'll talk about self-love versus self-hatred because sometimes food could be used as self-hatred um and your relationship with food may not be as loving as you think let's talk about that when we get back we'll be right back on straight talk with sandra riche
3: life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness
0: join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer sandra Reisch, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life
4: Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reisch. Sandra is joined by top therapist, Georgia Dow, in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos Therapy Series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever.
3: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You
0: are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich to connect with the program today please call 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to info at help now back to straight talk here's oh, sandra riche
1: So we're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And before we go back into this food discussion, the different also, I'd like to talk about the different disorders that show up with food as well, Melissa. Mm -hmm. But uh, I want to talk about self-hatred and self-love because I think it's not only relevant if you have a problem with food, but I'd go so far as to say that how you eat tells us a lot of the story of how you feel about yourself. This is a bit of a controversial statement on my part to say, and I feel I can say it because I've lived on both sides. Um, I feel that there was a time in my life where I fueled my body with very, very unhealthy foods. I mean, man, I was young, and they tasted good, and I certainly understand that. But I also think that when you're eating, you there has to be some level of you um, questioning if this is what you're putting in is something that is going to be loving, and the word I like to use these days is nourishing to your body. So I'm not saying the occasional junk food is like, off-limits. I'm saying, do you overall nourish your body? Do you see food as a way of loving yourself? Now, some could say, well, a Big Mac feels like love, or Mm -hmm. a chocolate bar feels like love. I understand that, but I'm not sure that's love. I don't know. Maybe I'd call that lust, Mm -hmm. you know, if we were to do an (laughs) analogy. I'm not sure it's loving, because after you have the Big Mac, you don't always feel so well. A lot of people talk about that. Yeah,
2: you don't feel so good.
1: No. So you have to, I'm putting out there that you need to be curious also about Um, Are you in general loving to yourself and nourishing yourself in the way you live your life? I mean, every street talk show is about that exercise, eating properly, sleeping, self-talk. They all come back to it is what is your relationship with yourself? And so sometimes when people show up with the disorders, which I'd like to, to talk about is I'm sure yourself like me. I, be, I don't start with talking about food too much. I start with talking about what is their relationship with their self, mm. themselves. So what are some of the, these disorders that show up? Like what shows up with food issues in mm. your office? What are they?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the biggest things that we're seeing now in, in the offices is, uh, is overeating where it's like binging where, right. you know, and where, what is that? Binging? So,
1: yeah. Is that really right. a problem?
2: Great. So it's like binge eating is when it's like you're, it's not the meals that you're eating, but it could be when you overeat, when you overstuff and you just kind of go in the closet and just like munch on anything you can get your hands on. You're just kind of going all out and you're not mindfully eating, which we'll talk about too at the end, but you're not, you're not mindful, you're not uh, being aware of what you're eating. You're just kind of grabbing whatever is in your sight and uh, binging on that.
1: Yeah, so there's lots of things that cause that. So we've talked about self-hatred, but um, you did mention high stress, and I thought that was interesting because what is it about stress that... Makes you want to eat more food, and we'll come back to other disorders as well.
2: Yeah. So when when you're feeling very stressed, there's a lot of cortisol. Uh, it's a, it's a hormone that gets released in your body when you feel really stressed, and so this is going to lead to a lot of cravings, and and these cravings lead to like very fatty and sugary food. Now, when you're going in your closet and and eating anything that comes. Uh, first off, like the first thing that you see that you start to eat uh, in your brain, when we start to eat this, why it feels so good is that your brain starts to then develop more dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter in your brain, which is our pleasure center. Mm. So, and this is what you refer to as the crack cocaine of the brain. Yes. So you can see how rewarding it is, is that you, you end up eating more dopamine gets released in your brain and, and uh, you start to, crave that and love that because it is your pleasure center so that's why it it can become a bit of an addiction
1: and the food industry knows this by the way sidebar to some shows i've done on nutrition you may want to listen to them Mm -hmm. because the food industry knows that 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 the the crack cocaine of your brain is being lit up
2: oh yeah, yeah yeah and that's why i love how you brought that up because there's a lot of commercials or you know candy commercials or chocolate bar that you'll be happy and you'll feel bliss and it's all this wonderful things but they they know that and they they feed off that because you you do get a lot of Dopamine, which that's why it, it can. Uh, when you're feeling really sad, that's why for a little bit of a moment it makes you feel really good eating it. Um, until we'll you talk, get high, you get, get high. high. Yeah, right.
1: Okay, so okay, so we talked about binge eating. There's also, of course, the famous bulimia, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is interesting because bulimia uh, is actually an anxiety disorder. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't know that. Mm-hmm. So. It's, you know, yes, body image is relevant. Believe me, when people eat and then are, you know, for calorie reduction, they're sticking their finger down their throat and throwing, binging, and purging. Mm-hmm. Uh, body image is a factor, but also there's an anxiety response there, feeling very uncomfortable with the food in your body, mm-hmm. then purging, feeling better. Mm-hmm. Again, an addictive cycle that can be treated quite successfully.
2: Yeah, and, and it's also an anxiety disorder because a lot of people that feel, again, anxiety, we've talked about this before, but that anxiety wants that external control. Mm. And a lot of times when people feel out of control, they use bulimia as a way to feel more in control.
1: Right, so, so true.
2: That's why uh, a lot of uh, in a lot of my clients, it's it's really about teaching them how to regulate their anxiety and how to feel more in control of their emotions so that they don't feel like they have to lead to uh throwing up or, or uh, hurting themselves in that
1: way yes and what other food issues come up
2: so then we have the anorexia which the food issue of not eating because of the fear of the calorie intake very concerned about body image uh, fear of getting fat and this is when we see it's very distorted in terms of it's almost as if when they look at in the mirror they see someone who is uh very very critical very fat very ugly like very uh, you know you'll see these over uh, a lot of critical thoughts towards body image, but really that's not how they appear uh, in reality. So okay. it's very
1: distorted. Okay, so... People get into trouble with food issues um, and eating too much for many different reasons. One thing I want to put out there is that even just being tired has been shown to cause people to eat more. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because just the sugar, you get a little bit of a rush.
1: Right. So it's like
2: a little bit of a short-term pick-me-up, but then you'll crash because the sugar, if you're eating too much sugar, you'll eventually crash, and it actually can make you feel worse or more tired because after the sugar rush, you're you're crashing. Right, right,
1: right. So, and you were saying before the break that there was something you wanted to say about the connection between emotions and and food, and you teased us with that. Can you go mm-hmm. back to
2: that? Oh, the, the, the difference between telling us if it's an emotional eating? or Because that's why I have a lot of clients say, well, well, maybe I'm just really hungry. So how do you tell the difference between is it emotional or am I... Am I just really hungry? Well,
1: you have to definitely pause, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to pause and feel. Is it really physical hunger that's happening or is it, again, emotional hunger? And what is food doing for you? So how do you think you make the difference? Yeah, great. Because it's easy to
2: mistake the two, right?
1: know, oh, easily. Easy. So
2: definitely um, what I tend to notice is that emotional hunger comes a lot quicker. Like it, it just comes on uh, all of a sudden. Versus hunger, you'll start to feel like the physical signs like right. your tummy will start grumbling. Uh, you'll start to sometimes I feel like my blood sugar kind of I get a little bit queasy or uh, shaky. Oh yes. Um, so that we know is more of a physical uh, hunger, but emotional hunger is really is really in the moment, it just kind of uh, it feels like it's just getting uh, sprung on. So that would be one sign. Um, another sign would be if we're craving like a specific food. Right. Because if you're hungry, you don't care what you're eating. (laughs) You you just want to eat. Right. You're hungry. You have to nourish your body. You have to it it helps us to, again, survive. So uh, but if we're craving a very, very specific food, uh, then it's a sign that we might be emotionally eating uh, because if we're hungry, it doesn't really care what it's eating
1: okay so you're really saying slow down and really Mm -hmm. you know see what's going on there Mm -hmm. you know when you're working with someone who's eating things that they shouldn't be eating and then they beat them that's the other one that freaks me out is people eat and then they beat themselves up about it what do you tell them yeah
2: well that's the that's another sign to tell how you're if you're physically just hungry or emotionally is how do you feel afterwards when you ate right Right. do you feel shame and yeah and you feel What if you
1: do feel shame?
2: Well, that's a sign that you're emotionally eating because now you're you're you know, if, if you were just physically hungry, you wouldn't feel guilty about that.
1: Right? But isn't but that also a paradigm shift that like that's another thing like that we have to tell people once you eat the food to feel okay with it, stand behind your decision. That's no?
2: Yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, because as soon as you, if you do make that decision, as soon as you, uh, punish yourself and do that self harm, that's the part of self hate. And there is another motive. What payoff do you get from eating something and then punishing yourself over it? What, what payoff do you get from that?
1: Well, I, I, I think it's some sort of guilt payoff. Like, mm. you, if you beat yourself up, then you figure it like it's, it's, you're not as bad a person. I mean, starting from a judgment, right? I shouldn't eat this. I do eat it. Yep. And now I'm going to beat myself up. So I feel less guilty about eating it. Yep. I would say that if you actually gave yourself a break and said, it's okay, I'm going to get back on the horse tomorrow, you'd be more likely to succeed. Yeah. Would it, you agree? Yes, I,
2: I agree. Because also a lot of people feel like shaming themselves or saying, gosh, and to eat that. And how can I have done this? I fell off the wagon. And so when they start to criticize themselves, a lot of people, when I ask them, what's your payoff? They're like, well, I'm trying to prevent it from happening the next time. I'm like, is it working? Right. And do they laugh when, when you they say laugh that? Cause yeah. It's true. It's, it's not working, but they, they feel like tough love. And so that comes where I would take a next step further is like, who who gave you in your life tough love that now mm. their voice becomes your voice and now you're treating yourself that way. But it's not working. It's not. If you really want to make the changes, then it's, it's with compassion. You would never tell your, if your best friend was like, oh, shoot, I fell off the wagon I, I had this big mac you know you would never say oh you're a horrible person why would you do that to yourself true you're so disgusting like you would never say this to somebody right, else
1: right but we do it to ourselves all the time but
2: why do we treat ourselves uh worse right we would never say that to. so that you would encourage them you would help them to be like okay you know you had a slip or this you know you 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 went towards something that you didn't feel good
1: after but what are we going to do about it Right. So, but what, what do you say if somebody is like, that's fine. So I forgive myself. I forgive myself for having the big Mac. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm like 50 pounds overweight and I, you know, I know I want to lose weight. Like, I can't keep telling myself it's okay, so what do I do?
2: Yeah, so that's where we have to, what we said before is we have to understand uh, our signs, like our triggers, so for example, if you know you're going to have a stressful week at work, or you know you're going to see maybe a family member, or you know there's going to be a function, is to plan ahead, is to cope ahead, like you know, so being aware of your triggers, I find is very helpful to, so that you're not kind of walking in blindly, and then setting yourself up to, to, not to fail, but then to beat yourself up up over it afterwards. Right. So really to to try and understand your triggers.
1: Okay. So understanding your triggers and having some sort of plan, if you're Mm -hmm. trying to lose weight, I mean, you know, before we go to the break, I mean, we can agree that obesity is at an all time high. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's getting worse and worse and worse. So Mm -hmm. although we don't want food to become an issue in people's life, we want people to have a loving relationship with food. We also don't want to advocate that you know, eat whatever you want and it's fine. Love yourself. It's all good. We want you to love yourself, but we also want you to love yourself enough to have a healthy body. Yes. Is that important in your view? I think that's very
2: important. Very important. So if you know you're going to a function or, you know, that's the thing. It's like a lot of clients say, well, I have so many functions. I have so many social gatherings that, that I can't like, you know, we're going all these restaurants that I can't, you know, it's, it's just, it's, you know, I have to eat what they're eating, right? But it's just, like I said, creating a plan, knowing that that's a trigger for you. And if you know you've had a stressful week, it's just, you know, maybe beforehand go on the website and see the menu and try that's to plan. Very smart. Plan beforehand. Uh, because when you're in the moment, you know, and your emotions get in the way and your cravings get in the way, you might not make the best decisions.
1: Okay, well, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, I'm also going to talk about when you change your food, your relationship with food and the foods you eat. Your cravings will change, and I can definitely attest to that because my entire life, when I change, when I change the way I eat. So we'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandarish.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reisch. Sandra is joined by top therapist, Georgia Dow, in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos Therapy Series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com. And change your life forever.
0: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reisch, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com.
3: Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reish.
1: So we're back, we're just chatting away here because food is such an interesting issue and I have to share that in my life when I did make some big food changes um, because I think that I did use food as comfort a lot and we were talking about, I was, you know, my parents were really into food and really into rewarding you with food and lots of, lots of moments with food, happy moments, sad moments with food and I think I had a conflictual relationship with food and the thing is, as I said, food has a lot of things in it to make you very addicted so when I decided to change the way I eat, I lost those cravings. So I don't find it hard anymore. I do not, honestly do not get cravings for the, uh, bad for you food. But the thing is I don't eat it in the first place. So it's hard. You don't get the craving if you don't eat it. So there are possibilities here and we're sitting in front of some pictures, uh, of my past and Melissa saying, my God, you look so different. All that changed was the food, but the food represented a lot in my life. And I think that this is an important topic because I think it's something that people do talk about a lot. And I also want to bring on to the, I want to put two things on here is number one, people talk a lot about it and get very addicted to food. But number two, people say some interesting things because th- when I was in the stage that I ate a lot or ate a lot of bad food, people would say things to me and wouldn't think twice about coming up to me and saying, are you pregnant? Which would really make me feel very bad about my body. And now I've lost a lot of weight and who would have thought I never had any empathy for people who've like, who are like, Oh, I can't put on weight. I was like, really? Like that's a problem. But it's interesting how much people talk about mm. body image. Do you notice that? Because mm-hmm. it's come to the point that people say it so much to me that I almost got a little uncomfortable to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. I mean, it's, it, it's nice, but it's, it's interesting. And then people say things when you gain weight, they say, Oh my God, you're getting weight. And when you lose weight, they go, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like it's interesting. Don't you find? It's very, yeah. And it says something about us because mm-hmm. why are we so uncomfortable if someone gains weight or loses weight? So yeah. Thoughts?
2: Yeah. Interesting. And I can totally relate is that, uh, when I went and, and I tried to to eat healthier, I lost a lot of weight, and so I would get comments before mm. that I had to lose weight, and then when I did lose weight, I remember my boyfriend saying, "Well, you're too you're too skinny now." Like I was like, "I thought this was what I, what right. I was supposed right. to do." Right. 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 But no, it, and it makes people very uncomfortable. I, I, I'm not sure quite
1: why, why would you think? Well, I think we're, I think it only makes you uncomfortable if you yourself, I hate to say this this is very controversial, but if you're uncomfortable yourself, it's almost like if you're in a marriage, this is my metaphor. If you're in a marriage that's not going that well and your friend decides to divorce their husband, people get really freaked out because it's almost like, Oh my God, how dare you do that when I'm not leaving my marriage, you Mm. must stay and be miserable too. And it's a little bit like that. It's Mm. like, you lose weight, you gain weight. I'm thinking if you're comfortable with your body, it's kind of irrelevant to me if somebody loses or gain weight. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, oh, you know, it's not like I wouldn't say. I would say, oh, you, you've lost some weight looking mm-hmm. nice. But it's not a big, big thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So again, this comes to the fact that we do live in a very body image
2: mm-hmm.
1: society where yeah. body image is a huge factor. And it's yeah. a big thing yep. which compounds the problem doesn't it mm-hmm. especially for women yeah there's a lot of pressure yeah a lot of pressure and and
2: um and that goes back to you know the the self love like being okay and accepting you know who uh, who i am but also can i give can i give the nutrients and the the love through food where it doesn't make me feel bad or i don't feel shame you know can i give myself that
1: right So, what do we do about this problem? And what are some of your strategies, Melissa? I mean, you know, if I'm a person who's eating. I don't want to eat badly, but I keep Mm. going back to the bad food. What can I do? It is not that easy. No, it's not easy, especially when we talked about before,
2: because you do get that pleasure center activated through the dopamine. So
1: what's the dopamine? Oh, yeah, the crack cocaine. I want to make sure you explained it. Yes, you did.
2: So so that's important. It's not not that easy, right? Um, But, again, we talked about just uh, because, again, Food is a good way to distract ourselves from feeling any difficult emotions. So we really need to get to the root of the problem as to why am I uh, what am I avoiding? What emotions may I be avoiding? So really putting a label on them. is like a mechanic, you know, when you bring your car to a mechanic and if they can't label what the problem is, then they're not going to fix the car. So it's really about um, understanding ourselves and what emotions that are we feeling and learning to accept our feelings, even the bad ones, even the ones that we don't like. It's learning how to accept like okay, I'm, I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling angry. And it's just learning how to accept that without wanting, to cover it up with a food, right? Um, but again, I also talk about too how emotional eating stems from, we, I, I talked about a little about that before, but emotional eating also stems from feeling very powerless over our emotions. Like we feel, you know, in our, in our situations, we feel very powerless and food is a way because we're controlling it. It's our decision. It's a, it's a way that in a, in a very negative way, we feel like it's bringing us more power, and that's what I talked about into the binging and purging is that it makes us feel more in control. So it's about learning just and that's what you can help with a, a therapist or you know there's different books out there is just learning how to gain gain more mastery over your emotions, gain more uh, power or make you feel like you are in control and that your emotions are not running the
1: show. Okay, so, How do I learn to be more in control? Is there a plan?
2: Yes. So this is what we call, it's called mindful eating. Mm -hmm. And this is part of mindfulness. And this is something that I had to learn too because um, I think I got it through my grandfather. I'm not sure. But, you know, he used to eat very fast. And that's another problem I have too is that I eat Super fast. But I think that was a way that I tried to get rid of my emotions, too, is just like to eat really fast, stuff, and then it. stuff yeah. it and yeah. then feel sick. And, you know, you have to you, you feel you, you don't feel very good because you're eating way too fast. Mm. So that's another thing to be mindful of is are we eating too fast? Um, But really, it's it's just about, so mindfulness is trying to be in the present moment and really be aware of our actions. Because a lot of times, when our emotions are running the show, it feels like our behavior becomes automatic. It feels like we're not really in our bodies. It's like they're just like... Like, you know, when you're going in the closet or the cupboard and just grabbing any food that you see, it doesn't really feel like
1: you're in control. Yeah. And it's a slippery slope really is what you're saying, because like, even though I was saying I don't get many cravings now, it's not like I couldn't turn that around in five minutes. Just go into the closet, start eating some junk food and the cravings will start coming. It's it's like being a smoker. Honestly, it really is. Yeah. It's just weird because we need food to stay alive. We don't need cigarettes to stay alive. But yet the same thing happens. The same process happens. Yeah. Addiction. Addictions, yeah. addictions, well, addictions. At
2: the, at the rehab where I work, that's what we talk about, cravings that they, that, you know, at first they feel very intense and, and feels like they're in control and that you can't you can't win over against them. But the more times you have a craving and you don't satisfy it, the more power you start to get instead of the craving. Because every time you have a craving and then you satisfy it, it's like this cycle just gets gets keep repeating itself right every time you satisfy the craving but you know just because you have a craving and if you use other strategies and not satisfy it you're you're actually building another pathway in your brain um that that, that that's why then the process of uh, the other pathway of that led you to uh, you go for the the junk food is it's gonna be a, it's called extinction.
1: So that pathway in your brain is gonna start to erode. Oh, you're so smart, Melissa. That was so well said. That's so true. Those are neuronal pathways in yes. your brain, and you know uh, the more you feed, excuse the pun, but the more you feed the same old neuronal pathways, the stronger they get, and yes. otherwise, as you said, they will extinguish and you'll have less of those cravings. Yeah. What else can you do? I see some great notes here.
2: Yeah. So really just trying to be uh, mindful in the present moment. So again, when when I was saying that you just go in the closet and you feel like you're not in control is really to try and uh, take a step back, like you said, and just try to be aware when you're eating instead of me just rushing and feeding my, uh, eating my food very fast. Just try to take smaller bites. Um, you can also use this mindfulness technique. Is really about trying to include all of your senses in eating, okay. right? So eating, making sure that you're uh, paying attention to the texture of the food that you're eating, uh, the smells, uh, the taste, right? To really try and why would we want to slow things down and really bring in all our senses well basically just to
1: really feel your food and really Mm -hmm. be in the moment Mm -hmm. and that is a good thing to do to enjoy your food anyways i mean i i've learned that chewing thoroughly is very yeah it's a very big part of the experience it's again not stuffing it's not enjoying savoring yeah yeah. right so that's important yeah
2: yeah and when you're doing that you're also when we're eating slow slowly <laughs> slower. slower slower
1: okay um, and we're
2: chewing uh, we're, we're making sure that we're chewing, chewing our food and we're eating slower it's also giving our brain time to send a message to our stomach that we're full okay so instead of just eating very quickly your brain doesn't you know send that message fast enough to tell you to stop eating. So uh, by slowing a lot of uh, eating, your eating down can help send that, uh, send that uh, message a lot faster. So that's the mindfulness. It's, there's a lot of research and uh, there's a lot of, um, you can also research this online. There's a lot of uh, YouTube videos or, or things like tips on how you can really go through uh, mindful eating. But it's really helped me to not eat so fast and not get sick, but also to not binge or not kind of stuff my face.
1: (laughs) Because that's another thing is like, you know, I used to also eat these enormous meals and uh, while I'm eating it it would feel great. But then that feeling in your stomach after it was like really uh, like I really don't like that feeling. No. And that's
2: and that's like uh what I was my boyfriend does that because you know in his in his culture his mom taught him that he cannot leave food on the plate. Oh we should talk about that after break
1: the waste not want not culture. Oh my god (gasps) and he gets so
2: sick like his stomach's in pain and he just can't he cannot stand that there's food on the table. And I try to tell him it's okay. but you know it's it's just like again, when we talked about childhood rules or or different how our childhood messages can play out in our in our relationship with food today, he he it's really hard for him not to to eat the full
1: plate. Yeah, that's a big one. Eh? A mm. lot of people grew up with that waste not want not, mm-hmm. which, you know, I've read is like a really scarcity way of thinking. It's not like that little piece of food on your plate is going to feed someone yeah. in Africa. No. And the thing is that forcing yourself to eat is not helping someone, but it's actually hurting people you Ooh, it's it's doing more harm so another really good tip tip is not to eat everything on not, your plate not. Uh, there's a therapist who works on our team whose husband also had that issue and she this is a strategy at the end of the meal he would not be able to stop eating the plate because he felt very guilty about it yeah. she would take her fingers and stick them <laughs> in the food so that he wouldn't be able to do it. She wanted to break him of that habit. I know you know who that is. For, She's a regular on straight talk. She's sure. a regular on straight talk. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you follow straight talk, you'll know who I'm talking about. But it's a wonderful strategy because she was trying to make the point to him that you don't need to eat everything that's on the plate. Yeah. And that, you know, if, if, if someone stuck their fingers in it, you wouldn't eat it. So yeah. what are you doing? You're hurting yourself. Yeah. It's a really important point. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll try to bring this topic home and see how you can really, instead of having a conflicted relationship with food, have actually what I would call a love affair with food in a good way, not an addicted way. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Riche.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com
4: change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety featuring the clinical director of the montreal center for anxiety and depression and host of straight talk sandra riche sandra is joined by top therapist georgia dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach isn't it time you chose yourself visit anxiety-videos.com right now That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life,
3: your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to straight talk. Here's Sandra Reich.
1: So we're talking food today. You're, do you have a love relationship with it? A hate relationship? Is a love relationship even good? I left off with having a love affair with food. I want to be careful about that because you could have a love affair. That means you just keep eating and eating and eating. But it's not really a love affair when you think about it. I mean, even when you think about love, it's not like stuffing yourself with it that's not really that's obsession right mm-hmm. so how can you really nurture a healthy relationship with food and doesn't it always come back to even though I say I change my food ways it wasn't really my food ways that changed first it was my relationship mm-hmm. with myself mm-hmm. doesn't it really come back to that really at the end of the day yeah. doesn't it always yeah your relationship with yourself how
2: how you handle your emotions how you label them like uh, a lot of times I find the relationship relationship with food is that they're you know, in a lot of my clients they're actually angry at somebody else and because it's not safe to be angry at that person or they feel like they can't express that anger, it's almost as if they have to eat to get then angry at themselves. Because the anger has to go somewhere, right? So if it's not going to go out towards the person, it's going to go towards you. So this is all subconscious. You're not thinking about, oh, I want to get angry at myself. Um, But subconsciously, it's like you might be engaging in ways that self-sabotages yourself. And um, so maybe by eating, it's in a way that you're self-sabotaged. Like, for example, if you don't feel like you're lovable, you know, I might. Or if you're really scared to figure out if if people truly are going to love you for who you are, and, and you're scared to find out that answer, you might be overeating to, to self-sabotage because then you can easily say, well, people don't like me maybe because I'm overweight, but they're really scared um, that people won't like them from them.
1: Yes, they've, they've done a lot of studies on sexual abuse victims sometimes being very overweight as a way of keeping people away from you. Yeah, it's like right? a protection
2: mechanism. A pr- an
1: insulation against closeness. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the fear of intimacy, the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment. It's almost as if it's a way subconsciously to keep people away so that, you know, if people are away, you don't get hurt. and um, But you also don't get the the closeness and the intimacy that we might crave. So these people want to crave those relationships. It's just because of the fear, you know, eating can be a way that you keep people uh, at a distance.
1: Okay. So if I am listening to the show... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is all very nice, but I think I love myself, and I just love M&Ms. Yeah. I can't stop eating M&Ms. What What are you gonna say to me, Melissa Henley? Well, I clinical would try, counselor. I would try to see to keep like an
2: M&M journal.
1: <laughs> An M M&M journal, I love it.
2: What does that mean? Or any food journal, but just you know, just be curious. You to ask yourself, you know, if you really want to see the difference. Um, you, you know, even with my chocolate, I say that I have a chocolate, like I'm obsessed with chocolate. But you know, just recording any time that I do eat chocolate is just to record the day and time, um, and to see if I'm, you know, what was going on that day. Was it maybe a little bit more stressful day? Was there any triggers? Like, was I tired? Uh, was I feeling overwhelmed? Uh, could I have been maybe a little bit sad? So you're just starting to slowly connect because sometimes all of this is out of our awareness. It happens so automatic that we're not aware that um, there, there's certain emotions that could be leading us to want to reach out for food. So just keeping a food journal, a food record or an M&M record or a chocolate (laughs) record, but just, uh, you know, to make a list of um, the times that you ate it and then what was going on in your life at the time to see if if there's any connection.
1: Can there be anger in this too? Because like I'm thinking of a case early in my career where I had a girl who was binging and purging and eventually it came out that she, her parents had always told her, you're going to be so fat, nobody will ever want to marry you. Mm. And she was actually doing it to get at her parents. Have you seen Mm. that as anger can be anger? A reason why people eat, yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, instead of you
2: know, that, that client must have been so angry at her parents, but because she felt like she couldn't be angry or you know, towards her parents, that that it turned into a self sabotaging, but almost as like a you know, see, I told you, like kind of like a, I told you so, or like a you know, like kind of a in your face kind of thing, but she's hurting herself along the way to try
1: and prove them right, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one because, again, food is such a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And sit down and watch a TV show, this commercial after commercial about food. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's very seductive. Would you agree? It's mm-hmm. a seductive thing. Yeah, it's hard. And especially, too, with – and
2: food bonds people together. You know, there's a lot of uh, – you know all my friends we get together over food right there's, food is very much connected to uh, to social gatherings so it can be really really hard uh, when there's like this social but like i said before is trying to plan ahead of time so that you're not ending up making a decision when you're there cuz you don't want to also not go to these functions right then you're then you're kind of isolating yourself but to either, you know, sometimes what I would do is either maybe eat beforehand a bigger meal, like at home, a meal that I prepared for myself, and then go to the social gathering and maybe just have something smaller right. at the restaurant. So there's, there are some strategies and tips. Um, that you you don't have to not go to these social gatherings, but also you don't feel like you need to sabotage yourself as what well. What about
1: pressure? What about like if you are from like certain cultures and your in-laws or your parents are going, come on, eat, eat, like why you don't eat? Put some <laughs> like food on your... What are you supposed to do? Like that's hard too.
2: That's really hard. That I went through that because if I didn't finish my plate, as I mentioned before, that I would get into <laughs> trouble or I would get a kind of a stare about why I wasn't finishing my food. But, um, but I think just you know, respectfully putting boundaries and just explaining that, you know, I'm like, I, I don't know, I would kind of say that I didn't feel well or that, 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 that I'm full and I have to respect that, that I'm full, but there is a lot of pressure that you have to finish or that, come on, just have a, you know, w- when we go sometimes with my friends, it's like, oh, come on, let's have, let's share the, the, the cake at the end, you know, yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. share dessert and it's so, and, and you want to have that bonding experience. Oh, so for sure. So it's, it's for really sure. hard to say no, but yeah, it's again, hard. Again, it, am I going to feel shameful after? You kind of have to ask yourself, am I going to feel guilty after this? Is this self-love or is this self-hate? Your famous yeah. question. But it's just, is it worth like, you kind of have to ask yourself the question, is it worth the risk?
1: And you don't have to become obsessive about it. It doesn't mean that you no. have to be healthy all the time. No. I mean, I think that's, everybody makes their own decision on yeah. that. And I certainly don't want people listening to the show to feel that they always have to be perfectly healthy. That's a very, very personal choice. And I certainly feel that, you know, we are also trying to live as best a life as we can mm-hmm. uh, possibly. So, mm-hmm. yes, we want to be healthy, but we also want to enjoy life. Yeah. We Usually when balance. I feel shameful for junk, because I am really healthy. Mm-hmm. So when I do eat something uh, junky, I'll tend to feel like, oh, my God, that wasn't healthy. And my husband is always saying to me, okay, but you have to enjoy sometimes, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to enjoy life. We can't be perfect. Yeah. And I think that's another piece of the pie. Yeah. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't be perfect, right, Melissa? No. And, and Please, I, Melissa, say know. we can't be perfect. No, we
2: can't. Because I admire my one of my really good friends. She she recently a a year ago got into training, and she her body, the transformation that she's done is a is quite incredible and, and inspired me to, to, to train as well. But, you know, like, and she eats very healthy and she documents, you know, a lot of social media, there's a lot of people on Instagram that you yeah. can follow about what the healthy eating is, but she's also realistic, right? Like she's worked hard to get to where the point that she's at now, but, you know, sometimes I'll see her indulge in something that she wouldn't necessarily eat. And right. that's the balance. Right. And people kind of comment. They're like, oh, we we're actually talking about this the other day. People are like, oh, you're eating a poutine. Like, oh my god! You know? but, you know, it's for her. She did the work and she she she's she's just at that point, she gave herself the permission. And you have to you can't be so strict because, again, if we are so strict on ourselves, we want to rebel. Right. There's always that. Point that's the of thing. That that's the thing. We're going to rebel
1: or feel sorry for ourselves. You know, if I never allow myself anything, that's, yeah. you know, you end up feeling sorry for yourself, which I guess leads to a rebellion. Yeah. Melissa, as always, you are absolutely a joy to chat with I, I'm you. so lucky I get to chat with you all the time on the radio and get to see you thank it's very you. nice uh, thank you for coming on Straight Talk how can people reach you you can
2: phone the center at 514-777-4530
1: and which kind of cases do you like if people are looking oh. for you
2: well definitely one with uh, anger or if you if you have a lot of critical thoughts towards yourself uh, anxiety if you're suffering from PTSD um, food issues food issues <laughs> yes 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 because, uh, again, that's an emotional problem. So any any emotional problems,
1: I love to, to help out. Yeah, and you're very good at helping people. So thank you so much again for being on the show. Thank you. And we are out of time again today. So I'd also like to thank all of you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. I'd like to invite you all to come back next week. We have a lot of good shows coming up. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, next week, we're doing mindfulness. Very interesting topic. You just heard about mindful eating to be Mm -hmm. continued. If you're interested in our retreats, therapy, or other media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, check out helpforanxietydepression.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page, Straight Talk Sandra Reich. Um, and you can certainly leave a question there for me, for Melissa, any of our guests, and you just don't forget to like us while you're there. Uh, people are always asking me how you can hear previous shows. So you can hear this show and any prior show as a podcast on my website, straighttalksandareesh.com on, on the podcast app of your iPhone and on iTunes under straight talk with Sandra Reach. Drop me a comment or a question anytime at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. If you are a professional and you're looking for keynote speakers or training on anxiety, depression, emotional regulation, or living a purposeful life, remember that we are your source for an evidence-based practice in education. So my name is Sandra Reish and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. Keep your eyes on the stars. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.